0: Here is the pastor, Matt Brown, and he's uh, looking at Instagram preparing oh, puppies, to do puppies. Hold on, yeah. hold on. What do you? How? What kind of life do you guys live that you both saw this on the uh, internet? We care about
1: animals. You Probably
2: follow inspirational stories on Instagram yeah. rather than Instagram. Knows that
1: I care about puppies. The porn that you look at.
0: Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief from Sandals Church and Pastor Matt Brown, a weekly Q&A show with real answers to tough questions. And uh, today we've got some tough questions on the show. I'm your pal, Justin Pardee, hanging out with my friends.
1: I'm Stephanie Schaefer.
2: And I am the PMB, we super got- excited, pumped up to be here, and just for those of you who are not watching on YouTube, Justin is looking particularly handsome today.
0: Thank you, I got the cardigan going on. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, speaking of just handsome cardigan formality things, I was thinking about starting to call you, maybe give you a little nickname of the Prime Minister, Prime Minister, because mm. it's like the PM just dropped the B, Prime Minister, mm. Prime Minister.
2: Yeah, so not only are you beautiful to look at, but beautiful to listen to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I'm just, uh, working out oh. some ideas while I'm driving around, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to let those things. Yeah. I think you.
2: you just went two notches up on the Trump scale.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean,
1: maybe, I think the sweater did it.
0: Well, yeah. I love, I love, I love me a cardigan. Love me yeah. a good cardigan. Yeah, me too. We
1: need
2: to get you some glasses and a good book. Mm.
1: Yeah. Maybe a little pipe.
0: A little, oh, a pipe. Oh, a pipe, yeah. would <laughs> pipe would be My great. Pipe
2: would be great. My dad used to smoke a pipe when I was a kid and I love that smell, mm. I, but I can't stand smoke. Like I can't. I'm like, I don't, mm. I, people ask me why I'm like, cause I live in Riverside. We get enough pollutants in the air.
0: Yeah, it's true. You, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Living in Riverside is like walking around. <clears throat> yeah, you
2: gotta, mm. yeah. I already smoke all day long.
0: <laughs> it's like practice for getting really old. Yeah, uh, when when <laughs> your when your lungs start to go, people that live in the grow up here in the inland empire, we got a head start on the rest of you guys who come from fresher climates. Fresh yeah. climates. Well, up? we are changing things up on the show. We're going to jump straight into um, some things. This was a wild weekend here. On Sunday night, uh, there was a shooting in Las Vegas at the Root 91 Harvest Country Music Festival, and it has actually greatly impacted Sandals Church and th- both through people mm-hmm. that are a part of Sandals Church that were present uh, literally during the shootings, many family members who are uh, s- some who were even killed, many injured. Uh, it's just been a huge impact on us as a church. So today, we're going to really. Talk talk about um, what has happened. A lot of folks have um, written in, asked questions about that. And actually, here's a couple of comments that we've got on our Instagram, Facebook, social media stuff, uh, just telling from people at Sandals Church talking to us about what's happened. Uh, This one says, I was there at the concert. We left an hour prior to the shooting because we were tired, and I was kind of upset with my husband's decision not to stay. But looking back, I'm so grateful now that God had other plans for us, Mm -hmm. which is just crazy that she's someone who goes to our church. Uh, Another Instagram message said, thank you for all the prayers and the prayer team that called my husband and I on our way home from Vegas. We're grateful for the prayers, love, and support. Uh, We had one other one. Somebody wrote and says, my wife, sister, brother-in-law, and myself were in the middle of all the gunfire in Las Vegas last night and witnessed the tragedy firsthand and our hearts will forever be scarred witnessing people get murdered right in front of us as we ran for our lives. So it's just been a uh, very brutal and emotional, few uh, I guess, day, really, day and a half or so for us as a church, and we're going to jump right into kind of answering some of these questions that people have been sending in, uh, that have been coming up in the themes. We actually opened up our Hunter Park Chapel for the afternoon and evening yesterday, and we got some, quite a lot of people had questions as they showed up uh, in response for prayer. So as we get into this, Pastor Matt, uh, I was listening to the news this morning, I mean, this, the, the shooter killed 59 people so far, uh, over 500 were injured. And the newscaster, even the newscaster this morning was asking this question, why would something like this happen in the first place?
2: Yeah, and I think that um, it's just a natural human response to say, to say why, because we can't fathom uh, the depths of human evil. And I think that that's really, really important. A lot of us ask, why would God allow this? But the question we need to ask is, why do humans do this? So oftentimes our questions are, are, are targeting the wrong person. So this is not God's problem. This is our problem. And what this event reveals is the depth of depravity of the human heart. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, is um, really, really confounding to a lot of people as they search for motive, there's no apparent, and, and this could change by the time you guys listen to this, this could change, yeah. new evidence could be revealed, but as it stands now, there seems to be no religious motive, no grudge. Mm-hmm. No, no statement, no, no why, uh, other than this human being gave his life over to a, just an act of pure evil. And, and what it shows us is evil needs no motivation. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of time, especially if you're liberal, you say, well, religion, it's always religion. People kill in the name of God. Um, you know um, or or, or, it's, or it's this reason or it's that reason. And then conservatives point out, well, no, you know, socialists and communist countries have killed it. And the reality is, Evil doesn't need a motivation; it just needs an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And this was an opportunity for this person to act out in a planned, methodical, terrible way. And um, you know, all of us need to look at our own hearts and really, really, um, just ask you know, God, what is, how can we be so wrong and still mm-hmm. be loved? I mean, that that's that's the issue. Is is what is it about human beings that are so um, just unaffectionate towards one another? And, um, you know, this, this, you know, it starts from the very beginning. If you're if you a pro choice, it starts with not valuing human mm-hmm. life. You know, um, same thing if you, if you watch MMA, you have to objectify the individual first to watch a human being be disfigured and pummeled for the rest of their life. You have to turn them into an object mm-hmm. because if that's your brother or your mother, or you, you wouldn't want to watch them get beaten like that. Mm-hmm. But now it's about your entertainment. And so our whole culture, is shifting away from the value of human beings, and we're objectifying them and turning them into things. Um, and this is, you know, what women have struggled for for so long in our country. They've been objectified as things and not received as, uh, you know, a person um, with, you know, a heart, a mind, a soul, uh, desires and 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 passions in life. They've been objectified, and and so that's just really, really the challenge of our culture is. Um, so so much of it is really, really devaluing the human being. And that's why this week, you know, Claude shared Genesis 127 in the beginning, God created the male and female in his own image and in his own likeness. And the reason we value people is because they are valued by God and they reflect his image. And so Mm -hmm. we have to go there. And that's why uh, the Christian understanding of human beings, the Judeo-Christian understanding of human beings is so important um, because you know, the 10 commandments, thou shalt not kill. We're, we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to, you know, take vengeance into our own hands and launch out and kill people because we're angry or upset or or we we feel like we're a victim or we've been wounded or hurt or w- regardless of what your motivation is. Mm-hmm. And so we as human beings have to say, okay, we're going to take a step back and we're going to entrust this, you know, to a process of uninvolved people who can objectively say, okay, here's, here's the punishment that needs to, actually, you know, uh, this punishment fits the crime. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's just really, really, I think it's a testimony to our culture. You know, for those of you guys, um, here's what we know. This guy was a loner. Mm -hmm. He went, he, you know, he would go and spend great deals of money. He, uh, he didn't play with people. He played with computers. I mean, this is why we're made for community. We don't get better alone. We get worse alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a profile out there that nobody wants to talk about, but it's typically a disenfranchised person who's very, very angry for how their life's turned out and they blame everybody else and not themselves. That's typically the profile of people that do this is they feel wounded, they feel hurt, and they feel like they, they can, they can ex- expand that pain and suffering to others. And so- uh, and that's just not my opinion. I mean, I've heard this from various FBI sources who study these cases who look into this and that's the profile of individuals like this, isolated alone, uh, angry and upset as to how their life is turning out and they don't believe they don't take any personal responsibility for their choices. They put the responsibility on others. and so mm. um, and that's what leads to I can take I can take this violence and anger and rage inside me and dispense it upon what we would all say is, people who didn't have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. But to a person who's enraged about life and angry and upset at all that's happened to them, everyone mm-hmm. is the cause of their suffering. And so they, they get to, to do that. And again, that's why personal responsibility, if you're a Christian is so important. No one is more responsible for your life than you are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, we blame God. You know, We say, why did God allow me to do this? And God says, why did you make all these terrible choices? Why, why have you continually not listened to me? Why have you continually not followed me? And people blame God for their choices and their behaviors. And so again, Christianity is a journey where we follow God, we trust God, we listen to his teachings. And over time we are blessed when we faithfully submit to his truth and his teaching. That doesn't mean that you know tragedy like this can't strike us. It just sure. means generally, remember a proverb is a general truth that for most people, when you apply this, you're blessed. Mm-hmm. And so the scripture promises that, that, that if you walk with God, generally speaking, you're gonna be more blessed than those who don't. That doesn't mean that tragedy and uh, terror like this situation won't happen to Christians. Just generally speaking, you can bet on when you trust in God's word, you're, you're far more likely to be blessed and to be okay because God's truth is truth. So,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but yeah, so, so, so why God, and just so you know, we're gonna talk specifically about that this weekend. Um, why does God allow this to happen? Um, I, you know what episode it was where we discussed this before? I can't remember. Oh, yeah,
0: so uh, episode 72, mm-hmm. we
1: talked about this. Yeah, it's titled But Why. We'll throw that in the show notes for mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah.
0: You actually had a really great message too the weekend after the San Bernardino shooting mm-hmm. um, that we'll put in the show notes as well. All those will be online at debrief.show/82. Yeah. Yeah. So, um,
2: you know, again, so just restating for those of you who are new debrief listeners or new to Sandals Church, I believe God created the most perfect world possible. Uh, where you have the most good and you have the most free will. But in order for there to be free will, there has to be the opportunity for evil. Um, You know, you're never truly good if you don't have a choice to Mm -hmm. choose evil. Mm -hmm. And so what God wants is he wants us to choose him. He wants us to choose good. He wants us to choose the right road. And in order for that to happen, because God wants sentient beings that is sensing real human persons and not automatons, which is a kind of a nerdy word for human robots god didn't, god didn't create automatons and so that that's really what we're saying when we say god why did you allow this to happen what we're saying is god why don't you control every aspect of what i do because mm-hmm. the truth is we all make selfish decisions mm-hmm. all the time we hurt people all the time and so we might not victimize as many people as this individual did but we'll victimize a boyfriend a girlfriend we'll victimize um you know, uh, a neighbor, an employee, an employer. We, we victimize people all the time for selfish gain, for what we think we need to get out of it. And ultimately, for whatever reason, this guy felt like he needed to get this out. He needed to take this out on the world. So he took he took selfishness to this extent. That's where That's where selfishness goes. Mm-hmm. And that's why Christ invites us, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, die to yourself. Don't take other people's lives. This is one of the things that makes Christianity so special and so unique is the death that's required is death to your selfishness. Mm-hmm. God wants you to be a living sacrifice. He doesn't want you to kill yourself. He wants you to die to yourself. And um,
0: and that's difficult to do. You were just talking about how there's this, uh, that ultimately love requires freedom and, and that's what that is. You, you've talked about that quite a bit of, of times, but that actually is making a lot of sense to me right now. Over the last couple of weeks, my wife and I have been talking about how our three-year-old daughter is a lot like a a cat <laughs> where yes. like sometimes she wants to purr and and you know cuddle and be pet <laughs> but then other times she just has like attitude and she's the best thing and doesn't want anything to do with you <laughs> and you know the times that she will come over to me and want to hug and want to like be affectionate are so sweet because of the times where I say can daddy get a kiss before I go to work or whatever and she's like no and she runs away or whatever and it's that it's the fact that she has that choice and she mm-hmm. doesn't all you know it makes when she does come and want to be with me or whatever, and want to snuggle, want to kiss or whatever. Right. Um, it makes it sweet, and it says this is this is genuine. So right. that's been. So um,
2: I don't know. Do we have a question about why does God allow this, or is that yeah? yeah that's actually what we're going to get to next. Okay.
1: We actually had um, a dentist in our church who had a patient in his chair yesterday, asking pretty much I think that question that everyone's asking is you know where is God in a situation like this, and how can God allow innocent people to die?
2: Right. So um, who is God? The Bible says in First John, God is love. Mm-hmm. Uh, those who do not love do not go- do those who do not love do not know God for God is love and that's really really important. Then we got to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and it says love does not demand its own way. Mm-hmm. So God is wooing us, God is drawing us unto himself, but ultimately God has to abstain from revealing all of his glory from re- revealing all who he is because God's present violates choice right? When God is present, oh my gosh, it's, it's terrifying. It's awful. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's overwhelming. And so God doesn't want to overwhelm us, but he does want to woo us. And so God allows mm-hmm. people to choose their own choices. And again, um, God allowed this person. And so that's what we're going to talk about this weekend in church is, is, you know, I'm going to answer the question, why? Why does God allow this happen? And then we're going to look at what is God doing? what is God doing in the midst of this to solve it? Because you're right, if God's if God's not going to fix this. And so I don't know if you guys watched Jimmy Kimmel, you know, um, lose his mind last night. And, you know, it's just so dangerous when, you know, people who have a platform speak into all things. And I thought what he did was, you know, I, there's a time to dialogue for that. And, and and last night was not the night for that. And so I, I agree that he has his passions or whatever, but to, to villainize, um, you know, people on in either political spectrum. And he went after the Republicans, I thought was distasteful. And it just wasn't the time. Yeah, I didn't um, see it. I just saw. So, um, but you know, the, 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 here's the bottom line. Here's where Jimmy Kimmel's right. We got to do something.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I'm a gun owner. So don't freak out if you're a second amendment person. You know, I, I have a gun for self-protection. Um, I have that gun because I believe that the police are great and you got to protect yourself for about five to 10 minutes, no matter where you live. You got to mm-hmm. survive five to 10 minutes before they can get there. And handle the situation, and so that's that's why I have that gun um, to protect my family because that's you kind me. of live in the boonies too. Yeah, so you and might that's, be, yeah, that's my responsibility. You should build, you uh, but, should but put it's, a but it's in, in a safe. Right you know, it's it's in a safe. It's you know, computer code protected. Uh, but that's my responsibility to do that. But having said that, as a gun owner, look, we've got to monitor this. Um, you know, the, the right to bear arms doesn't mean to be your own personal army. And for anybody who believes that you owning a gun is going to protect you against um, you know, the army of the United States of America, you're, you're, you're a fool. I hear gun owner rights. People say, you know, if the Jews would have had guns, they never would have been taken. That, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't care how many guns Jews had in Germany. They weren't going to thwart the army. Okay. France
3: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs>
2: couldn't stand against the German army. Right. So, you know, uh, your grandpa with his revolver is not, I mean, you're, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to happen. So, Um, you know, the point is to be able to protect yourself and to be able to look good because life is cruel and and people are evil. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be able to protect yourself in those situations. And so I think that that's important. Um, Having said that, you know, weaponry has advanced to the point where this is a real problem Mm -hmm. and individuals should not be able to have guns like this. And, you know, people say, well, it's for sport or whatever else. Okay, well, there's ways to work around that. You can have gun clubs where you, you check the gun in and out and you leave it there. There's ways if we all can just calm down, you know, um, the right is right. You know, guns don't peel, kill people, people do. Mm-hmm. That that That's true. Uh, but the left is also right on this instance. Look, we need to have an honest dialogue about this. And we need to say, okay, this is a real, real problem. Mm-hmm. Um, because if somebody comes with a, a, a semi-automatic or automatic weapon at one of our churches, lots of people are going to die. Right. It, that's just the reality. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, mentally unstable people in our culture and not to mention the fact that the solution for mental problems is medication and that often causes more drastic measures mm-hmm. many times and uh, you know people in our church that have taken medication some people it helps and some people it makes it worse mm-hmm. You're talking about medication that alters the way we think and feel right that's that is a very very sketchy area and so we, we just as a culture have to say, Look, we don't know everything, and, and we've got to enter this very, very carefully. And, and I do think that there needs to be more regulation on mental illness and people that are struggling. And, and, and who knows, you know, what the red flags were, um, you know, or, or what this guy was struggling with, or, or what people knew. But anybody that has that many guns, mm-hmm. that's a problem. What are you doing? What, what is the purpose for this? Why are you buying all of these things? And you know, what, what's going on? you know, because you, you don't want to turn a deer into hamburger. What, mm-hmm. what 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 is the point of this? And so I think that you can affirm the second amendment and say, you know what, we need to do something about this. We need to take a look as a country and we need to come together and, and quit getting in our political corners and say, we can both affirm the second amendment and we can regulate this. And I hope that the NRA will support that. The, the problem is, is everybody, the left and the right operate out of fear. It's like, It's like, you know, uh, what, um, oh, what's her name? The super funny talk show host, um, Ellen Ellen DeGeneres, DeGeneres. you know, she won't have Donald Trump on her show because of his stance on gay people. I'm like, he affirms gay marriage. He's the first Republican to say, I have no problem with it. That's settled. It's over. Mm -hmm. She doesn't even acknowledge his stance on that issue because she's so polarized by her own political opinions on that issue. He actually supports her. Mm -hmm. He's actually a huge defender of gay rights. Um, and, you know, and again, I'm not a, a Trump apologist, but you need to you need to look at his platform and, and actually look at what he's saying. And so that's what happens is you get so polarized. It's really, really unfortunate on this issue. Yeah, and Trump actually, for those of you Trump supporters, he's been on well, he's been on both sides of the fence on a lot of issues. Yeah. Uh, but he he has he has talked about you know needs for for more gun regulation and things like that, and I think that's important. And, um, you know, California is one of those states that has lots of regulation. We have a 10 day cooling off period. So you can't go buy a gun, get pissed off and kill mm-hmm. somebody. You got to wait 10 days and it's literally a cooling off period. And, and I think that that's, that's a good thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a terrible thing. And so we need to come together as a left and as the right and say, look, we don't want to see these shootings anymore. Um, we need, we need, we need to come together. And so don't be so political just say, look, clearly we have a problem in America. We have more shootings than any other country in the world. This is mm-hmm. the real problem. Yeah. Um, and, and we need to tackle this. But simply, you know, creating a gun-free zone is not going to fix everything. Chicago has more deaths than anybody and it's a gun-free city. So, you know, the, it's it's a more complex issue than what, you know, Jimmy Kimmel is saying. You, you've got, we've got to figure out how do we, how do we create, you know, I, and I don't know what the solution is because that involves the government watching what we say on Facebook and, you know, mm-hmm. all of these things, because that's where people people rant. Yeah. You know, that's where people say, I'm going to do this, or this is what's going to happen. Hmm. And so, um, you know, and they track that in other countries, but, you know, um, we have, you know, this thing called the Bill of Rights that yeah. <laughs> makes yeah. things difficult in this country, but, you know, they are protections against uh, a powerful government taking away your rights. So it's a very, very, and listen to me before you freak out, it's a multifaceted, complicated issue. Here's what people always do. They oversimplify things. And what, then what you do is because you've made it a simple issue, you villainize your opposition and then you hate them. We don't need any more hate. Look look outside. We don't need any more hate. We don't need any more division. You know, uh, I was grateful that the president struck a somber tone. And I think that that was needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to bring people together and we need to, you know, come together. And it was really, really sad. You know, the, the vice president of CBS was fired for her tweet. She said, I have no compassion for these country people because they're gun rights owners and advocates. Okay, I can can disagree with you politically and still have compassion for the fact Mm -hmm. that you just got killed. She got fired. Mm -hmm. And CBS did the right thing. Mm -hmm. They should have fired her. That was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But it just shows you how dangerous A, emotion is, and B, access to social media. Yep. Like Mm -hmm. when you're emotional and you're upset, walk away from the computer. Nobody needs that angry, ugly tweet. It doesn't help.
0: It just doesn't and so um you know chill out so this last weekend as part of the other series claude hickman preached i thought it was a fantastic yeah, it message was great on he made fun of my big nose though <laughs> well so he covered the whole book uh, he covered the whole book of jonah it's compliment how handsome you are and now you're making fun of my nose i've never complained anything about your body yeah you didn't was, support it though no. uh, well, that was a little weird to my heart yeah, yeah i know yeah <laughs> Uh, Producer Carl, can you just edit that out? No, you got to leave that in there. That's real. (laughs) uh, So he continued this fantastic sermon, uh, fantastic series. Uh, He had this great message on really the book of Jonah. And there's so much good stuff in there. If you did not catch it, uh, go to Sandal Search YouTube page. You can find Claude's message there or go to sandalsearch.com slash watch and you can find it there as part of the Others series. And Katrina wrote in and she says, I feel like Jonah running away from the problems at hand on Facebook and even in my immediate world around me. I'm trying to be slow to anger with the many comments I see and slow to respond with what I feel is my truth on Facebook. So, my question is, how do I show and share God's truth and not with my uh, and not my own in these times?
1: And Whitney sent in a really similar question, who said, "How should we respond to this? I've had a hard time staying quiet when all I have is my voice to create change.
0: So how do we respond?
1: Yeah. Yeah. With the platforms I, I'm going to
0: challenge
2: that your voice creates change. I think what your voice does is it creates conflict and that's the problem. I think people assume that their voice is and I don't think your voice is changing anything. I think what it does is is it creates polarization. Um mm-hmm. uh, because we get into these conflicts hmm. and these fights and so again, part of the problem is Americans think they need to have a voice on everything. We we think we need to we need to Give our opinion on absolutely everything. I, I can't tell you how many times I sit with somebody, they find him a pastor, and they want to give me their stupid opinion on the Bible. Mm. A book they've never read, they know nothing about. You know, um you know, we, we were up hiking in a big bear and we were next to two Middle Eastern people and they were speaking to each other and one of my friends said, um, you know, you know, what what language are they speaking? I said, They're speaking Hebrew. And they said, The guy turns to me and he's like, Well, how do you know that? Because I study your people. Mm. You know, I mean, I, this is my life. But other people who spent five minutes and they read one verse and went to Sunday school once, um, you know, they feel like they can give their opinion on everything. And the reality is, um, look at how Donald Trump has had to change. Many of the promises that he made in his campaign, he's had to change because he sat in the office and got the information. He mm. has information we don't have. Sure. And and Barack Obama did the same thing, and so did George W. Bush, and so did Bill Clinton, because they have information that God. Man, thank God we don't have to have.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, so I think that, let's go back to the first part of the question. She feels like she's running away. So, you, mm-hmm. you know, don't assume you're Jonah. Jonah had a call from God. Do you have a call from God? Mm-hmm. Has God given you a call to be a political activist? Has God called you to run for office? Has God called you to do these things? Because a couple weeks ago, the Bible says God called us to live a simple and quiet life. hmm paying attention to our livelihoods and working with our own hands. So one of the reasons that Christians just totally screw themselves is they get politically active and we get polarized. Um, that's why you don't see me you know, running around with Trump. I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Trump, you know, I, I support him, I pray for him, but he stirs up controversy. Look, the gospel's controversial enough. You're yeah. a sinner and you're going to hell. That's enough controversy <laughs> for me to overcome. I don't need to align myself with Trump in order to make it harder for a person to get saved. And the same thing is true with people on the left. You don't need Mm -hmm. to anoint Obama or Hillary Clinton as the next Messiah or whatever, because you're making it more and more difficult to reach a conservative. And what we need to do is we need to lead people to the cross where they understand their sin and their struggle. So you need to get on your knees and say, God, are you calling me to say something? Mm. God, I need you to speak to me. Because the scripture says, for most of us, it's God's will that we shut up, we're quiet, and we just we just we just get about our own business. We don't have to say something about everything. Um, because that philosophy doesn't work in marriage. it doesn't work in <laughs> friendships, it doesn't work at work. Right. T- tell me a situation where always speaking your mind is beneficial. Right? It, it just doesn't you you're gonna I'm be a to very, of like very a lonely game show friend or something. you know, yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> you you have to sit back and resonate and say, you know. You know, My wife and I were on kind of a date night last night and we got into it a little bit and she kept saying, why are you so quiet? And the truth is, I'm trying to figure out what's safe to say, what's right to say, and should I say it? Mm-hmm. And I, I have the most intimate relationship with her more than any other human being on the planet and I have to discern mm-hmm. what am I supposed to say? How do I need to say it? I'm upset. I need to be very, very careful. And so, but people assume I'm upset, I'm angry. And so I, God's calling me to say something. Okay. Have you fasted about it? Have you prayed about it? Have you, have sh- where, where, where have you been in scripture where you see God calling you to do this? And so, because God does call people to do things and their names were Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Is that is that who you are? Right? Because a lot of us are, you know, we're the red shirt guy in Star Trek. We're not playing that big of a deal. Do you ever watch Star Trek? The red mm-hmm. shirt guys always die. They die. <laughs> so we always think we're Captain Kirk. Everybody, right? I'm Captain Kirk. And it's like, I don't know that everybody's Captain Kirk. So this is getting really nerdy. So, you know, some of us, you just got, you just got to say, has God called me to do this? And you got to be very, very strategic and very, very wise. We just did a series about wisdom. Has God called you to do this? God called Jonah. He called him. He spoke to Jonah and Jonah said no and ran. Mm -hmm. So if God's calling you to speak out politically, then yes, you should speak out politically, but you should do so. Remember what, what did Peter say? You should always give a reason for the hope we have in Jesus and you should do so in a gentle and respectful way. So if you're a blowhard, I mean people don't you know, there's 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 words in the Bible that nobody knows what it means anymore. Clamoring is a sin. Do you guys know what clamoring means? It's an old English word. Some kind of arguing, complaining? It it, it is it is out loud shouting. Clamor. That's okay. that's what it means, right? It's 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 noise. Mm. And and that's what a lot of America has too much noise. There's too much Mm. clamor. There's too much. Mm. And the Bible speaks of that in the same things when it talks about homosexuality or it talks about gossip or slander or murder. That word's right in there. And so people think God's called me to clamor. It's like, no, actually
3: he hates that. He's
2: asking you to in a calm and gentle way, speak truth to people. Mm. And I think in moments like this, we all just need to hurt a little bit. Mm. We need to grieve, you know, um, I've, I've cried every time I've watched the news because it's about real people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's about real suffering and real hurt. And, you know, my wife and I, we received phone calls from people that were at the concert. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. tearful. You literally, you know, Tammy, please pray for me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm running over bodies. There's a shooter. You know, I got a phone call from a police officer at church. My wife and family are at the concert. There's an active shooter. Please pray for them, Pastor Matt. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. was real to us. We have people that we really care about. You know, that were there that were affected by that. I have pastor friends praying, you know, praying over church members who are on ventilators in mm-hmm. hospitals. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to make political statements. What we need to do is grieve as a nation. We mm-hmm. need to grieve. This is this is a sad truth of the reality of human beings. A human being did this. A human being did this. God did not do this. A human being did this. And we need to look at ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. That's why the book of Lamentations is so important. Because Lamentations says, why God, why God, why God? And then in chapter three, it says, let us examine ourselves and return to the Lord. Because the conclusion is, this is not a God problem. This is an us problem. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we need, we need to be very, very aware of that. And, um, you know, and you're gonna hear people all over the spectrum. You know, This is God judging America, this is this is that. And let me say this real quickly about the judgment of God. Whenever God is going to judge, he sends repeated prophets who warn, and give an opportunity for a nation or people to repent in turn. And I don't see in our country a visible prophet who speaks to the whole nation. You know, if God suddenly calls Rick Warren or, or, or Bill Hybels um, or, or somebody of that stature, I'm not talking about your weirdo Reverend, mm-hmm. you know, whatever from First Baptist Weird. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a legitimate
3: mm-hmm.
2: national spokesman. God's going to tap into a resource that's going to communicate His truth. When when that starts happening, uh, you know, like I think about Isaiah or Ezekiel. He uh, laid on his side naked for 364 days, and he cooked his food over. Uh, God said, "Cook it over human feces," and he's like, "I can't do that." So God said, "Cool." Him and uh, me both. Yeah, uh, but no, it, he I had to say. cook it over donkey poo. Well, so that's what Ezekiel <clears> did. <throat> Be- take before him on for the he prophesies team, buddy. and before he spoke, so God, like God, is going to get our attention. Mm-hmm. So Jews are meticulous about cleanliness and diet. So God, here, here's a prophet eating off poo. That's God's going to do that to speak to us, to warn
0: us, to give us every opportunity to repent. And you see that all throughout Scripture. So I don't know why that story is not in a kid's Bible. By the way, my my boys would love that. Man, there's some great stuff in (laughs) Ezekiel. Okay, so one of the things I think that's just really interesting, by the way, in terms of response, I just pulled, I was looking at your Twitter feed, you know, your tweet tweet yesterday was just expressing sadness. Right. And saying that you were in prayer. I think that's, um, I mean, at least you just put your money where your mouth is. You're doing what you're saying.
2: Yeah, I don't make any money off Twitter.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fair. Okay, so, and then, th- listen, this goes right into this next idea. We Yesterday, it, you know, prayer was one of the things that, you, you see that hashtag, pray for Vegas, pray right. for uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, you, you know, here at Hunter, our Hunter Park Chapel, we opened it up and we invited people to come here for prayer. Mm-hmm. And we had, uh, I think, 60, 75 people showed up. Uh, our soul care team, pastors and ministers were meeting right. with them. Some people who were literally at the concert, others who, mm-hmm. friends or family were there, and a lot of people. Came and prayed.
1: Yeah, and it can seem like sometimes prayer is sort of a passive activity. Like, oh, I'll just pray for that. I'll pray for that. Why is prayer such an important response when a tragedy like this happens?
2: Yeah, because this is this is an act of human evil that needs an act of God. So what we want to do is at God, ask God to intervene and to bring His peace into our pain. And that's I think that's mm-hmm. what my tweet said. Because we are hurting, and the only the only person that can touch a soul is God.
0: So is that, is that what are we what are we praying for? well I, I think that you know um, it's not like this guy can get punished or we you know bring him <laughs> back from the dead and put him on trial like we talked about last
2: week no I, I think as Christians we need to quit praying God bless America and we need to start praying God have mercy on America I think mm. we need mercy I think our culture mm. is so far from God and we are so um and and, and that's the problem I have with our liberal um, wow. sandalites is you know they want me to they want me to to speak out on you know all of the issues that they see as egregious, but it, the, le- the left doesn't identify every sin uh, at, nor does the right. There, there, are, there are egregious, awful, ugly sins. And I think we're becoming like Rome. I, I think that's what we're becoming. We wanna be entertained.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we, we, we never wanna feel any pain. We wanna be drunk. And that's what ultimately just destroyed Rome. And I think mm-hmm. that's I think America's greatest enemy is America. And that's the truth. It's not China, it's not Russia. Um, I mean, look at what Facebook is revealing. Facebook's revealing, you know, Russia's interaction with our election. What were they doing? They were exaggerating our passions. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's, if Russia's figured it out, why can't we figure it out?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? They, they, they were t- pulling out ads on both sides yeah. to inflame both sides mm-hmm. because we're idiots. Mm-hmm. We're absolute idiots. And, um, you know, we, I, th- I think we need to pray. God have mercy on us. These shootings are too regular. Uh, These things are awful. There's something deeply wrong with our culture. And uh, I think it starts with we've devalued God. We don't worship God anymore. And because of that, we don't value each other. And that's why what's God's cure for racism? Love God, love each other. You cannot love each other without God. And so here's the problem, you know, um, like I was listening to LeBron James uh, speak the other day and and I'm glad that he's speaking out, but what he said is love is the answer. The problem is we don't know what love is. Mm. So... Our, our world has identified love as a solution and hate is the problem. Okay, but the Bible has different words for that. The Bible's word for, for true love, love of God, love of self, love of neighbor, the word is righteousness. That's the word, right? And, and the word for hate is sin. Hmm. If we don't deal with the underlying problem of what's wrong with our love is that it's not a righteous love. Hmm. It's not. And, and, and if we just if we just say we want to get rid of hate, what we often become is very hateful. You can't fight sin with sin. You can't destroy hate with hate. So that's the problem with our world is we we, we have identified the big picture, but we haven't specified the real picture. And mm-hmm. the real picture is we're no longer a righteous nation. We're no longer a righteous people. Mm-hmm. We do not seek after God's law. We do not seek after his heart. And because of that, because we don't seek after what's best, from God we don't seek out seek out what's best for each other and it's a real real problem in our culture and that's why uh, you know 2 Chronicles 7:14 is so famous if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray I will hear their prayers and I will heal their land so what's happening in 2 Chronicles 7:14 the nation of Israel's is falling apart mm-hmm. there's infighting between the tribes they're they're dividing into two nations Right, what is that? what's happening in America? There's infighting within the tribes. Mm-hmm. We're dividing into two nations, mm-hmm. right and left, rural and urban. Mm-hmm. That, that's what's happening. We're being split apart. And so we have to say, okay, God, what, you know, what, what is righteousness? And, and, and you know, it's been a long time since Mother Teresa condemned Congress when she said, quit calling yourself a, con- a, a Christian nation when you kill millions of babies every year. Do you know what she said in front of Congress? She said, give them to me. Mm-hmm. I will take them. She was a prophet, she spoke from God.
3: Yeah.
2: We, we don't have those people anymore. And literally we have women choosing their own issues over the life of a child, it, it's tragic. And we have men who are you know, just as responsible because they impregnate women and don't want to participate in the fathering and rearing of that child. It's, it's tragic, like our, our, our country is tragic. It, it's falling apart mm-hmm. because we've not turned to God, we've not reached out to God and, and let me say this I don't know that America will so the church needs to mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: we need to get right with God because ultimately what would have you know saved uh, the you know um, Sodom and Gomorrah uh, you know and when Abraham has that conversation with God, ultimately it's just a few righteous people
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: but they couldn't find any mm-hmm. there was no one so we need to be righteous we need to live right you know um, so you know uh, I'm trying to think of the verse Micah I think it's Mike, oh, Micah 6.8, six six eight. Eight. Six what does the Lord require mm-hmm. to love justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God? Mm-hmm. That's what it means to be righteous. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what it means to be right. And so we need to cry out for that. And, um, and that's how torn up our country is when a vice president of CBS can say, I have no compassion for these people who were just shot.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's tragic. That's abs- it's absolutely, and if you consider yourself, you know, liberal, you, you you need to just go, oh my gosh, that there's something wrong with my political identity, just as the rights is just stupidest things. Mm-hmm. And, and there needs, you know, and again, CBS did the right thing, but what came out of her was, you know, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Mm-hmm. And so now it's out of Twitter, right? <laughs> we find out the depravity of our souls and, and, and that's what happened there. So, um, so I mean, I got all over, what was the, the last part of that question.
1: Uh, It was just, yeah, how do we pray Mm -hmm. for, like why do we pray and then how should we pray for I think we pray for mercy.
2: Again, I I think we need to quit asking God to bless America and we say, God, we need mercy. Mm -hmm. We need need your mercy because as a nation, I mean, literally the fastest growing religious denomination in America today is the nuns. Mm -hmm. And what that means is no religious affiliation. None, I don't believe in God at all. And that is, that is tragic, that is tragic. And so God, God pays attention to that and God watches that. And so as Christians, we can't condemn non-believers. We need to look at ourselves. Judgment mm-hmm. begins with the house of God. We need to look at ourselves and say, okay, God, again, many of us are more political than we are followers of Jesus. We're more passionate about our political party than we are about our church. And that's, that's tragic and terrible.
1: Mm-hmm. So in his speech responding to the shooting, uh, President Trump quoted Psalm 34, 18, which says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the Christian spirit. What exactly does this verse mean? And how does that relate to tragedies like this?
2: Yeah, I think it's a beautiful verse. um, But again, we need to understand the context of the verse. So let me read it to you completely. Psalms 34, we'll begin in verse 15. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. Mm. So God is talking about a specific people. His ears are open to their cries for help but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles." Then here's the verse, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Hmm. And so again, God loves all people, but he watches over his children. Hmm. And so you have to ask yourself, am I a child of God? And let me just say to a lot of our listeners, and you're going to hear me this say this weekend, a lot of you have Christian as a hobby and that's not enough. Mm. It's not enough. And what, and what is being exposed in this instance is you really don't know God. And, and, and you don't know him. Um, you know, my, my heart is broken. My faith is not rattled because my faith is real. And we're going to talk about that. And so oftentimes one of the things that happens is your faith gets exposed for what it is, mm. not real. And a lot of you guys, you play church and, and you play pretend. And then all of a sudden, something like this happens and you don't have relational capacity with God to handle the avalanche of pain that you're feeling. Mm. Mm. And, and now you're overwhelmed and, and many people fall away. And that's just tragic. And so we're gonna walk through that. You know, What is God doing? And one of the things God is doing is he's exposing our lack of faith. And so it is events of tragedy and terror that expose that. Think about Jesus on the boat. Oh, ye of little faith. They're all afraid. We're going to die. This is terrible. And he doesn't talk about the storm. He addresses their faith mm-hmm. and the lack of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you knew me and you knew who was with you, right? And so then he, tell, he screams at the storm and it's silenced. Mm-hmm. And what, what do they say? Who is he? Yeah. that commands both the winds and the waves. You know what it means? They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know who he is. And so, um, you know, again, um, so, so many of you are so outraged over this taking a knee thing, right? And, and and here's where the reason why I don't get passionate about it either way. Every sporting event I watch, every event, basketball, football, baseball, I watch professional athletes take the name of the Lord Jesus in vain. I watch them insert Jesus's name with mother effer or whatever, everything. And you never hear a thing. You never. Mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, a couple years ago, uh, received a fine uh, from, the, uh, from the NBA because he used a negative slur against gay people. Do you know what he said right before he said that?
3: Mm-mm.
2: He used the word Jesus Christ. Mm. There was no fine for that. We we live in a culture that does not value Jesus. Nobody's outraged by that. But, you know, so these people who call themselves Christians are up in arms because somebody's taken a knee, but it doesn't bother them at all that, that you know that the one who died for you on the cross, that person is being mocked. That person is right. It doesn't, it doesn't people don't even notice anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you know, th- th- that's why I'm not outraged because to live in America, there are outrageous things that happen all the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I have to explain to my kids. You know, I-, I was a fan of Kobe Bryant. I'm a fan of Los Angeles Lakers. I had to explain to my son why, why that that's not okay. It's not okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So Kobe Bryant is fine for saying something negative about homosexuals, but he is not even disciplined in any way, shape or form because of what he said about Jesus or because of how he used that name. So we just really need to look at what we're passionate about. And some of us are more American than we are Christian. Mm-hmm. And listen to me, you're not getting into heaven because you you, know, you saluted the American flag.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You are getting into heaven because you bowed to Jesus and repented of your sins and placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And you better get that straight. Our founding fathers got that straight. God first, country second. And um, what happened? Our countries rejected God and guess what? Now we don't even do country well.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: We don't do either well, because when you, get, when you get your priorities out of whack, everything else everything else is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Every, everything else is a mess. And, and if you don't believe me, look at the history of the globe. Wherever Christianity has flourished, cultures have flourished. Mm-hmm. People don't realize this, but South Korea was more poor than Africa 50 years ago. Do you know that that's where compassion started? Did you guys know that? Oh, really? Compassion, compassion started in Korea because they were pulling mm-hmm. babies out of dumpsters. Do you know there are no longer compassion children in South Korea? Wow. Do you know what nation sponsors more children per capacity than any other nation with compassion? Mm -mm. South Korea. Really? What happened? The gospel thrived and the culture emerged. Mm. North Korea, you you, you go to jail and can be put to death for having a Bible. Mm -hmm. Look at their culture. Mm. Look at it. Mm -hmm. Why? Because... And, and again, I'm not saying that capitalism is perfect or anything. I'm just saying the gospel got a hold of South Korea. Okay, the gospel is thriving in China. Look at their economy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Look what's happening. Mm-hmm. I actually listened to a, a, an economist from China talk about this very fact that he studied throughout the world that wherever Christianity goes and thrives, culture emerges. There, there's blessings. Mm-hmm. There's blessings. Yeah. So you've got to look at that. Mm-hmm there's a correlation between having a right relationship with God culturally and being blessed. And adversely, there's a negative correlation between rejecting God and what happens. So you just have to look at that, that wherever the gospel has gone, culture has flourished. Okay, does anybody know what the English were when the Romans came? Crazy pagans Mm -hmm. who sacrificed their children. There was no culture. Mm They couldn't read. They couldn't write. Whatever Christianity got a hold of that culture, and they became the dominant culture for hundreds of years. Christianity began to wane, mm. and they—I mean, it's just there's a correlation there mm. because what they do, they did more immoral things. Terrible things happened, and um, you know, and that's not to say that America was always Christian, but there were solid Christians in America, and and that percentage is dropping. It's dropping, and um, that makes us very, very unhealthy as a culture, you know. What, what happens when a culture has no salt? The meat spoils. And that's what's happening. We have a lot of meat, but it's rotten. And that's what's happening to our culture. And so again, um, don't send me any emails about you, know, you burning an NFL jersey. I want you to be heartbroken over Jesus. Mm. I, want, I want, because you know, look, whether a player takes a knee or stands or whatever, or pro, they need Jesus.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We all need Jesus. And, and we're all broken. And again, that's what this event reveals is the depravity of the human heart. What is it that's in us that can go to a window, plan this out and shoot people you don't even know? What does that say about humanity? We wanna say, people wanna say, what, what what does that say about God? God wants us to ask, what does it say about us?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That we do this, that we, this, is, this is an us problem. You know, probably 99% of all human suffering is caused by people, even diseases, even the horrible diseases. Mm-hmm. How many of those are because the chemicals we put in the water, the chemicals we put in our food, the things that we've done, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think about every time I travel, right? I'm exposing myself to radiation every time I travel. Mm -hmm. Why? Because some human beings got on a plane and blew everybody up. So now I have to expose myself to more toxins and more, and it's just, so So most people will get cancer at some point and say, why God? And he's like, why did you walk through a radiation machine? Every time, Mm -hmm. you know, you've done this. Mm -hmm. And so we've done terrible things to the earth, to each other, to peoples. It's just, you know, human depravity. And again, racism is not an American problem. It's a human problem. Everywhere you go in the world, Mm -hmm. racism and ugliness and evil exists. It exists. Some of the most horrific racism that's occurred in the last 10 to 15 years was in Africa, from Africans to Africans, slaughtered. Over a million people died, I think, in a period of two weeks in Rwanda.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, and they didn't have guns. They had machetes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. Human heart will find a way. It's terrible. Absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's a problem all over the world. Mm-hmm. So, because there's a problem with human beings.
0: Let me uh, ask you this as we kind of cl- wrap up uh, <laughs> this particular episode. Man, every, it seems like everything is crazy right now. Right. You know, just over the last month or so, we had hurricanes hit Texas, the Southeast. Um, we've got the devastating earthquake in Mexico. Right. Puerto Rico is, under, you know, has been pummeled. And now we have the shooting. There's probably more things. With all of this that is going on, what is the church's obligation? What to respond right. in these kinds of circumstances and events?
2: again, I, I think it's it's our responsibility to point people to Jesus. Look, Jesus promised that in the end there will be wars and rumors of wars, check. There will be earthquakes, check. Um, you know, we haven't had mass famines yet, but mm-hmm. when you see that, you know, we have had them in the 80s and the 90s. There was one in the 90s, terrible one in North Korea, actually. They mm-hmm. think a million people starved to death yeah. um, because that dictator was more interested in weapons than he was his people. Um you know, and again, he's not motivated by religion. Everybody needs to understand that. Religion is illegal in that country. They worship country and him, right? I've, I've been in communist countries. You know, thou shalt love your country, pray for your country, die for your country, right? It's all focused on that. So socialism is just as evil as, you know, the crusades and, and anything else. So, you know, human beings, you know, don't, uh, they, they just need an opportunity, to, to be evil to each other. And we mm-hmm. see this over and over and over and over again. I mean, the history of the world is rape, war, and uh, injustice. That's, that's the history, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's the history. That That's, that's what people do mm-hmm. to each other. For all of human history, there, there's there been war since Cain killed Abel. That That's the reality. It's absolutely terrible and tragic. And God has said that's wrong. <laughs> people don't care about what's wrong because they care about what's right for them. Mm-hmm. And so there's this this amazing passage in scripture that says, There came a time in Israel when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are now. People that don't believe in God are their own God. People that don't believe in scripture are their own scripture. They've decided what's right and what's wrong based upon their limited experience, based upon their ethnicity, based upon their gender, based upon their feelings, desires, and wants. That's their Bible. People that don't read the Bible have a Bible, it's just their opinions. It's, it's their desires. It's their emotion. That's the Bible you're following. And so um, that's why we need the scriptures because the scripture speaks to all time, to all peoples and all cultures everywhere. And we need the scripture. And again, what does Jesus do? He quotes scripture. Why would he do that? Because it's right. It's true. Remember, mm-hmm. my my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. He quotes Isaiah, the prophet. So many of us need to go back to the word of God to understand you know the methods of God, and so, um, so I, I think we need to, you know, say what is happening. You know, things, um, things are 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 getting terrible, and it's, it's where's God? And let me, I, mean, I want to read one scripture real quick. Yeah, please. Second um, Peter three nine. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, mm. as some people think. Mm. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. Look, if you've read the Bible, things are going to get worse from here, not better. Mm -hmm. But why is God going to allow this? Because oftentimes it's only the storm in our life that allows faith to be awakened in our life. Mm -hmm. So what did God have to do to Jonah? He had to swallow him with a fish. And by the way, I think Claude's right. Uh, I actually uh, got a bad grade in my Hebrew class because I translated Jonah died. Mm -hmm. It says that he ascended unto Sheol. I don't think he was alive for three days in the belly of the fish. I think he died. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jesus points to Jonah and and some scholars don't agree with that but that's just bible tradition it it says he ascended on the shoal guess who lives in shoal
3: hmm.
2: nobody everybody's dead there okay mm-hmm. so it's the realm of the dead um and so that's where Jonah is and then god you know i think he spits him out on the on the on the beach and he's all smell is like puke and whatever mm-hmm. and um, cuz that's going to make an impression when you walk into a town it's true yeah. you know yeah. all I your know. hair is burned off and your skin is white and bleached and <laughs> you know um because the acids of the whale's stomach has been dissolving you for the last three days.
0: You're going to get some attention. I uh, I went like I went as Jonah to a Halloween, Bible character Halloween thing we did mm. here at Santa's Church many, mm. many years ago. Pastor, Your skin is super translucent, though. That's good. <laughs> you know, Pastor Dan Zimbardi's wife, uh, I actually came to her right before the party happened, and I handed her two things of tuna. And I was like, Lord, can you just... Help me get this juice and fish. You put it all over you. (laughs) Yeah, I did. It was awesome. It was with our teenagers, man. It was with our teenagers. I should have. I should have won the best contest. Yeah, you've had some great
2: costumes. Yeah,
1: no one liked you anymore. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, so just so
2: you guys know, you say, what on earth is God doing? He's waiting for you to do something about Him.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: You got to make a choice. You got to get right with God. Um, You know, we're going to end our services this week. You know, with the opportunity for you to do that. So bring some friends because. Look, if the earth didn't shake, many of us would never look up. So mm-hmm. so why, why does God allow tragedy to save your soul? Mm-hmm. That's why. And um, you know those people who were shot and killed, unfortunately, they no longer have a choice, but you do. You have a choice. You have a decision to make. Their, their fate is sealed. Mm-hmm. They stand before a holy living God and they are judged according to their life or they are judged according to their faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, no man or woman can stand before a holy, almighty God. Um you know, I was reading in Ezekiel, um, it was talking about um, the fall of Satan. It said, you, you, you uh, associated with the flaming spirits of fire who surrounded God. That's, that's what the cherubim are. They're, they're literally spirits of fire hmm. as they stand before God because God is a consuming fire. And Satan got to be there, but he became prideful and arrogant and God cast him down. So I read that in Ezekiel uh, this week in my quiet time. And so nobody can stand before the almighty, holy God and talk about their righteousness. Good luck with that because it's gonna be a bad day for you as you stand before the almighty God and you tremble. Mm. The Bible says when people see God coming, they will try to throw themselves under rocks. That's who God is. Mm. And so we just need to be prepared and ready. Um, And again, guys, you know why should we pray? It's the only thing we can do that will matter. God's the only thing that can help heal this. You know, look at us. We can't come together. We can't, but God can bring us together. Mm-hmm. God can help us love him and love our neighbor. That's what needs to happen. And, um, you know.
0: I got to ask you one more question before we close. And, and on this one, no one submitted this. This one's coming from me. Um, yeah, I mean, you just talked about how things are going to get worse. Uh, let me be real. I woke up yesterday morning, I pulled out, I was looking at the news on my phone, saw there was a shooting in Las Vegas and said, bummer, and, and closed closed the, the app. You know, it wasn't until I got here to work and learned more about what had happened, learned people were there from our church and all those things that my heart started to open up and, and begin to feel, you know? I was a freshman in college when 9-11 happened. I remember staying up and watching when shock and awe first started happening, And but we have been in this 15-year war. All kinds of these shootings happen. I mean, it's just crazy. I kind of feel like I'm totally desensitized to a lot of these major devastating things that are going on around the world. Mm-hmm. And you're just talking about how, you know, things are going to get worse. How do I cultivate a heart that, that would be like Jesus's in this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this weekend at church, what you need to do during worship is you got to ask God to change your heart, soften mm-hmm. my heart, because I do think the world is desensitized to this. Mm-hmm. And and unless you've been impacted personally, um, you know, this event is going to be just one of those things that you kind of put in the back of your mind and remember, Oh yeah, that was a terrible shooting. Yeah. Um, but as Christians, right, we, we need to have compassion on all people because God has compassion on all people and he cares about them. And, um, you know, um, there was this scene that I saw on the news, a couple of drunk guys uh, at the concert flipping off the shooter. And I just thought, how stupid, you know? And, and, and that's what a lot of us are doing. You know, the world's falling apart around us and we're just buzzed flipping the world off. And we don't understand, man, this whole thing is coming to an end. It's coming to a point. All human, All human peoples, all religions for all time have all thought the world is moving to a point of judgment. Think about that. The Mayans mm-hmm. believe that. The Chinese believe that. Hmm. Jews believe that every ancient culture believed, right? The clock is winding down. And, um, and, uh, hmm. you know, the Jews called it the day of the Lord, the great day of the Lord. And, um, thank God we have Jesus Christ that can shelter us from God's wrath. And, and why is God so angry? Look at what we do. Mm-hmm. Look at, look, look at what happened. Um, you know, this, like I said, this wasn't an alien that did this. This was a human being, mm-hmm. um, somebody who had a family that loved him, someone who had had some success, owned a home, you know, had, had lived uh, uh, enough of a life that the hotel gave him that suite or upgraded him to that giant suite. But he still was a mess and he still, you know, uh, ended the lives of way too many people and ruined the lives of thousands. Because, you know, the people that are alive, many of them face horrific uh, injuries and pain for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, people who won't walk, who lose limbs, who won't be able to work. I mean, the devastation just will, will go on. And this is the act of one human being. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank God we have an act of one human being, Jesus Christ who died for everybody. And, um, and, and let me just say this again, those of you who don't believe in hell, this is why there's a hell, there's a hell for this guy. And God, let me tell you, when he took his life, he stood before a holy and almighty God and he was judged forever. That's the reality. And um because he has to pay for what he did. He has to pay. We have no ability to execute justice in this life, but yeah. God yep. executes justice in eternal life. And um what he did was a vile despicable evil act and he will suffer for that forever because human beings are eternal beings that will live forever with God or apart from God in judgment. And so um you know, again, hell is three things. We, we should do a whole thing on, on hell, but hell is banishment. So that's the first thing you're banished mm. forever from God. It's uh, punishment. So it's, you know, hell's not equal. It's specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, hell is destructive. Th- the human person is destroyed in some way that they will never again be human. And we don't know what that means. Mm. So if you're a Christian, you get a new body, and you live forever with God. If you're not a Christian, whatever you had is destroyed and taken away. And you're a remnant of what you used to be. You're a horror of what you were. And you get to live with that mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. And so so again, it's banishment, it's punishment, and it's, it's destroying. That's what the Bible says. Those mm-hmm. are the three adjectives that it uses to describe
0: um, that process. Um, so, wow, that was... And I've been very introspective this episode. This has been really- Yeah, and I love all you guys. And and hopefully
2: again, get on your knees wherever you are, repent of your sins, ask Jesus Christ to forgive you. Uh, And again, like Justin said, maybe the sin that you need to be forgiven of is you don't care. Mm -hmm. And that's horrible. That's ugly. You share that with the perpetrator. He didn't care. (laughs) Sorry, Scott. Okay, yep. No, but that's what he did. He didn't care. he didn't care about people. I receive it. And a lot of us don't care about people. And that's again, it's a sin. It's a sin. So repent of God for that and say God, please forgive me.
3: Hmm. So. All
1: right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening in with us on this you know, pretty heavy episode. If you have follow-up questions from this or you know, from the sermon that's gonna come this weekend, we would love to get those on the show and continue the conversation and continue processing a lot of this. You can send those in anytime at debrief.show or by sending us a message on Facebook. We would love to get your questions on the show and we'll be getting to a lot of your follow-up questions that you've sent in for the last couple episodes mm-hmm. in the next couple weeks. Uh,
0: definitely check out our show notes online at debrief.show slash 82. There's gonna be a ton of really good stuff in there. So there is um, the message that you, Pastor that preached right after the shooting in San Bernardino happened. That was really, really great. There is um, a sermon on anxiety from the Beyond Happy series where he talked about anxiety as a trigger for prayer. That message will be up uh, linked mm-hmm. there as well. It's really good. There was something else that we said we were going to put in there. I can't remember what it was. Um, uh, the
1: link to the episode 72 of the TV.
0: Oh yeah, episode 72 uh, of the show where we talked about why. And then here's the other thing. Uh, yesterday, many of you maybe already received the email uh, if you're a part of Sandals Church, but if you're not a part of Sandals Church, yesterday, uh, Pastor Justin McVeigh, who who leads our family ministries here, uh, put together an incredibly helpful resource for parents with their children alongside Pastor Brett Ryan and our soul care team, where they really talk to, how do I talk to my kids about this? We will link to that document as well in the show notes. Again, all of that is at debrief.show slash 82. It was uh, lots of good stuff there. And here's the deal, uh, man, if you want to support Sandals Church, uh, we would love for you to do that. You can actually do that specifically uh, re- as it relates to the debrief by texting in give debrief that's the words give debrief to 951-900-4120 and let's just be real uh you, when you support the show not only are you helping us create content like this but yesterday we uh, i mean our whole staff m- most of the staff uh here pushed pause on everything that we had going on so mm-hmm. that we could start ministering to people i mean you you heard that at the top of the show we were our Soul Killer team was calling people while they were driving home from Las Vegas, uh, mm-hmm. from being in the middle of this craziness. Your giving is what allows that to be is is what allows that to happen. We we're able to open up our doors uh, because of your giving and generosity. We we're able to you know create documents and resources to help parents mm-hmm. in the evening because of your giving. So thank you so much for doing that. We appreciate you guys uh, supporting the show. Again, you can do that texting give. Debrief to 951 900 4120 Um, that was it. We'll see you guys back here next week. In the meantime, live long and prosper. Yes. Okay, that's fine. My...
1: You can't you can't do that independently. No, can you do it? Yeah. yeah. You
0: can do. It. I can't. Did okay, you know that that's yeah. actually
2: that's actually the priestly blessing? Hmm. So Spock is Jewish. I mean, in real life, not the hmm. but yeah. So and when uh when you pray over the Torah. You pray like this. So if you go into an Orthodox chapel, oftentimes they'll have that symbol.
0: Well, there you You go. You can't can't, can't, do it, buddy. Not not Jewish. (laughs) Live long and prosper. That's a gang sign. (laughs) Okay, fair enough.